Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PyTorch Dev Podcast. Today, I want to talk about exceptional handling in PyTorch, specifically how we handle the boundary between Python and C++ in PyTorch. So where to start? Well, let's start off by talking a little bit about C++ exceptions. Love them, hate them. They're kind of a very interesting language feature. So C++ exceptions are based off of the idea that, hey, uh, we want a mechanism for doing error handling in the C++ language, which doesn't cost anything when there is no exception. And as a result, exceptions have a very interesting performance characteristic, which is that when your code goes well, um, the exception handling logic doesn't really cost you anything besides binary size. But when you do raise an exception, then things go very, very slowly. There is a very slow stack unwinding process that uses some look aside tables to figure out how far you need to go. You to actually use this table, you need to take out a lock. It's very, very slow. And because of this, and also because of the binary size bloat that's associated with exception handling, a lot of environments e.g. mobile, don't really want to compile with exceptions turned on. And so um, you know, you don't really want to use exceptions most of the time when you're writing normal C++ code. But of course, um, there are some situations where exceptions are appropriate, and I think PyTorch's use of exceptions is quite appropriate. So PyTorch specifically uses exceptions whenever um, there's some sort of, uh, I'd say, user error. So you know, you add two tensors together, but their shapes mismatch. We need to raise an error to the user. We do an exception in the situation. It would be a really big pain to try to manually pipe back the error status through all of our code um, in this sort of exceptional situation. Now, if you're a Go language developer, that's the sort of thing that you're used to doing, right? Like, hey, you know, explicit is better than implicit. But these really are edge cases. And most of the time, you're not going to hit them. And it wouldn't be a good thing in our code to actually have to explicitly deal with all the error handling all the time. And plus, it wouldn't look very Pythonic. And as I've mentioned in earlier podcasts, you know, we're all about writing C++ code that looks a lot like the Python code you want to do. So these exceptions, they don't ha happen normally. Please don't write code that raises exceptions and expects to catch them. Right? The point of the exception is just so that we can bubble it up to Python, turn it into a regular old Python exception, and you know, usually this will fail a user's program. But if uh, you know there's something that they actually want to do with the exception, like say they're in a REPL, and so you can just bring back control to the user, well, we want to give the user the ability to do that in that situation. Um, this does sometimes cause some problems. So for example, we had a bunch of linear algebra operations that when the matrices were ill-conditioned, they raised an exception. And some people you know, caught those exceptions because they knew that they could use some other algorithm in these situations. And this was very, very slow. And we actually added extra APIs for getting back the error status in those cases um, as a Boolean, so not raising an exception in this case. So exceptions, they're for really exceptional things don't use them for you know things that you expect to happen when your code is running normally. All right, so we're using C++ exceptions to handle things inside uh, you know, the bowels of the C++ and PyTorch. But remember that uh, once we hit the Python C++ language boundary, we actually need them to be treated um, as Python exceptions. And now CPython, the Python implementation that most people use, uh, is not implemented in C++. It's implemented in C. And as such, it actually has no idea what is going on with C++ exceptions. So 
So you actually have to um, do some conversion. So the convention in Python for handling exceptions, and because it's C, you do have to do everything explicitly, and in CPython source code, it does handle everything explicitly, is you are obligated to check the return types of all functions you call. And normally these functions will return pi object pointers. But if a error was set, if some sort of Python exception was set, the object that will be returned is in fact a null pointer. And there is some extra state, um, you know, off to the side, some global state, which gets populated with the exception info in this situation. Uh, global error reporting state is very, you know, 90s error no style reporting. But remember, Python has a global interpreter lock. So you're not really at risk of some other, you know, thread stomping over your exception state in this situation. So if you return a null pointer, that means an error has happened and um, there's, you know, you're supposed to go ahead and propagate this null pointer up until some point where exception handling can actually happen. So to interoperate between C++ exceptions and Python exceptions, uh, it seems fairly simple. What we need to do is we need to catch the C++ exception before we go to the Python boundary. Then we need to go ahead and you know take out this exception, look at it, convert it into a Python exception that we can also, you know, save to the global state saying that there's a Python exception. And then we just need to return null pointer in that situation. Seems easy enough, right? Well, you have to actually remember to call the macro that actually does this. So um, in a kind of poorly named set of macros, we probably should rename these macros. Um, they're called handle th error and end handle th error. So when you're writing Python binding code, you need to make sure that you you know start off with a handle th error, which will set up this try catch block, and then an end handle th error, which will you know sort of handle the end of the try catch block, including the catching the exception, turning it into a Python error, and then returning null pointer so CPython knows what's up. But wait, there's more. So we also use PyBind 11 um, to do some Python binding inside of our source code. And uh, PyBind 11 has a different convention than CPython. CPython says return a null pointer and uh, we'll handle it. Uh, PyBind 11 says, oh, we're a C++ library. We like exceptions too. And so in fact, PyBind 11 uh, knows how to deal with exceptions. And in fact, we install a handler, thanks Peter Bell for adding this, which will know how to automatically convert exceptions into, um, into the form that is expected by the CPython interpreter. So you don't have to use handle th error when you're doing pybind bindings, question mark. Actually, the answer is no, you do. You still have to use them. But that's another story, which we will talk about in the second part of this podcast. But yeah, so PyBind 11 has a different convention. And if you've actually gone ahead and set the Python error state already, there is a um, special exception in PyBind 11 that says error already set. And that's the one that you can throw to have PyBind 11 say, oh, I see, um, you've already set the info, so I'm not going to do anything, return a null pointer in that situation. Now, uh, there, it's not obvious that um, C++ exceptions should map to Python exceptions, but we have a bunch of uh, sort of pre-canned exceptions. They're all defined in C10 uh, exceptions.h, uh, like not implemented error and um, similar things like type error. And so if you want your C++ exception to turn into a particular Python error handling class, just make sure you use the correct uh, you know, error class. Or uh, there are a number of macros that also let you, you know, specialize what type you get 
in that situation. All right, so if that was everything that HandleTH uh, ever did, I'd be done with this podcast in eight minutes, but it's not, there's actually more. So, um, so exceptions are pretty nice and you know we like using them a lot to handle error cases. And there's something else that's pretty nice, which is warnings. We love warnings, uh, uh, probably a little too much. We probably, uh, PyTorch has just, you know, sort of grown warnings over time and like people have stopped reading them and it's bad and we should get the warnings to be less chatty. That's a topic for another time. So uh, warnings are pretty useful because, hey, sometimes people are doing things that are kind of bad and we don't want to error on them, but we do want to let people know that you know something bad is up. Like, for example, using a function that we've deprecated and plan to remove in the future. And a lot of this code only actually gets exercised in C++. So we want some way of reporting warnings. Now, it's easy enough to um, you know write a C++ warning function that just prints some stuff out to standard error, but similar to how exceptions have their own handling in Python, right, with the you know good old-fashioned Python exceptions, warnings also have handling in Python. There's a warnings module, there's a concept of warnings filters and warnings handlers, and it would be nice if the warnings raised by PyTorch interoperated with this framework. And they do. So what we have is we have a way of mapping C++ warnings into Python warnings. So when you use the torch warn macro, which is the um, way of, you know, basically raising a warning from C++ code, what it will actually do is it will convert it into a Python warning and, you know, send it off so that you can, for example, ignore it uh, as, as these things typically do um, when you are actually dealing with it in your Python code. Now, it used to be implemented such that um, we would take out the global interpreter lock because remember, when we're in C++ code, we release the global interpreter lock so that other threads can keep going. And uh, so we would have to reacquire it and then you know fiddle around with Python state to actually raise the warning. But this sometimes caused deadlocks. So Albin, um, a few years ago, submitted a patch to make this better. Um, and the idea is that, well, there isn't really any point in reporting the warnings to user land until we actually, you know, get back to the Python interpreter. So we can basically defer all of the warnings we want to raise until we, um, you know, go back to Python. In fact, the CPython API has a dedicated function for doing this sort of thing. It's basically add a callback, which when the next time the gil is um, acquired, uh, will do these callbacks. And, and this thing is protected by its own very tiny lock, so you can take it out uh, without fear of deadlocking the gil. But um, we didn't use that for this particular mechanism. Instead, we have our own little buffer um, that warnings get written to, and then we have some way of propagating to Python when we return. And how does this work? Well, we piggybacked on top of the existing handle th error macro. So how do you get some code to run when you're exiting a code block? Well, in C++, the way to do that is RAII. So you allocate an object on the stack, and then when you know, you're exiting the scope, by returning or by raising an exception, then the destructor for this object will get called. All happy, right? Well, no. So I mentioned that uh, uh, when we have exceptions in C++, um, we turn them into Python exceptions. And so at the point in time when we're handling the warnings, basically feeding them into the Python interpreter, uh, we might have an active exception at this point in time. And now there's a problem. When you 
print a warning to when you when you put a warning into Python's warning system, you actually might be running arbitrary code. Why? Well, you need to actually construct the warning object, and there's also some handlers which you know might actually just go ahead and process the warning immediately uh, when you do it. And all of this code can raise errors. And so what do you do if you are raising an exception and the unwinding code also tries to raise an exception at the same time? Well, C++ has an answer for this. It's, uh, you know, abort your program term uh, immediately, um, you know, unceremoniously killing everything that's going on. Well, that's kind of bad and we don't really want to do that, right? We want to make sure we always get to Python in this case. So if that happens, then you have to basically not run the warning handlers if there's an exception being risen because you know you are not going to be able to deal with another exception being raised at that point in time and so the way we do this is just if that happens uh we don't actually give you the warnings in python we'll just print them to std error in c plus and they get and they vanish into the either well you can still see them in standard error but um they won't be available in python and that's pretty reasonable because this only happens when you are raising an error anyway and remember those are exceptional situations and so you know you really shouldn't be doing that well there is one subtle point though which is that uh, remember how I said that uh, if you set a Python error, you know, the global uh, flags inside uh, um, Python and then you return null pointer, Python will know what to do with that. That technically worked um, before, even if you were using the handle th error macros. But now you're not allowed to do that because uh, if you um, if you are just returning a null pointer, then the warnings handler will run and it won't know if there is a Python error or not, and it might accidentally try to raise an error again. And that's that's bad. Okay, so that's it for error handling. So if you don't remember anything from this podcast, remember to put your handle th errors and end handle th errors around your bindings. Otherwise, your exceptions won't work correctly. Or use PyBind 11. But if you're using PyBind 11, you still probably want to use these macros or the nifty, um, you know, wrap uh, warning handler uh uh, function, which I will post in the podcast liner notes if you need to look it up, um, which is just a nicer way of doing the same thing uh, without using macros. Make sure you do that because otherwise, if you raise warnings in your code, um, those won't work either. And yes, this is probably too hard to remember. And we probably should have a lint about this and we don't really have a good linting framework. That's a good topic for another time. All right. That's everything I wanted to say for today. Uh, talk to you next time.